The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning. I'm Head Pastor Blehan Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church, and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kali for 98 years, and our prayer tall, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lapam on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, since wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those living in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will start off today's telecast with a familiar Christmas hymn entitled, Ring Christmas Bells. They will be ably accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano, Rose Bakukara on the organ, and featuring Seneca Rose Hahn on the bells. This is a joy song that rings out the good news that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born 
and is our King of Kings. Our Lord came down to earth as a babe in Bethlehem, bringing hope and the promise of eternal life. Our Lord is our great comforter who will give us the peace, joy, and happiness to love and serve Him in our daily walk with Him. band under the direction of yours truly will play the song we three kings the three wise men came from afar seeking the lord and today wise men are still seeking the lord for the way to salvation today is the day of salvation if you will but hear his voice won't you accept him as your personal savior master and lord
our soloist today is Sherlina Bing, who will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the beautiful Christmas song entitled, Away in a Manger. Doing her background music will be Associate Pass, Marla Bing on the bass, Trusty Associate Pass, Emily's Pro Senior, Mason Asano Senior on the guitar, and yours truly on the piano. Our Lord was born in the most humblest surroundings in a manger in a lonely stable. Just like there was no room in the inn for the baby Jesus, today there is no room in the hearts of men for our Lord and Savior. Won't you make room in your hearts today by serving the Lord with your whole heart, mind, and soul? The church choir will now perform their final number for the day entitled, This Holy Child. The words of this song are so touching. This blessed Savior, a gift of love to us from God sent down. This holy child in humble stable will one day claim again his glorious crown. To God be the glory for the great things he has done. Please follow along and sing with the choir as you see the words appear on your screen.
Sparkle Carter will play the familiar Christmas song on her banjo entitled Joy to the World. All praises and glory go to the Lord for His great goodness and loving kindness. We praise Him for our salvation full and free and for His everlasting mercy and compassion. We praise Him for the gospel of the kingdom of God that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon.
daughters of Judah will now blend their voices to the uplifting song entitled, Let There Be Peace on Earth. Doing their background music will be Christy Hahn on the piano, Sally Spotcalf on the flute, and Cherise Spotcalf on the violin. We will always find a deep set of peace nestled beneath the sheltering wings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. He is always there to comfort and strengthen us when the tests and trials come our way. All praises and glory goes to the Lord for His great mercy and goodness. At this time, it is a great pleasure to dedicate this song to a dear sister in Christ of our Maori branch church, who is other than Brian Torres. May the Lord continue to bless and strengthen you in your daily walk with Him. Have a wonderful Sunday. Yeah. 
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on channel KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles and Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and Paso, Nevada, and Wyoming from 5, 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Kuloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera and President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services, regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to spot these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. It is God's desire that all people come unto Him in full repentance and receive His salvation full and free. Those who respond and obey His command will be blessed bountifully, spiritually, materially, physically, and even financially. The soul who rejects and rises up against the Lord, shall be devoured by the sword, and there shall be no remedy for his tragic end. Do we dare provoke the Lord to jealousy? Do we dare contend our strength is greater than his? God forbid. He has the power to save, the power to devastate, the power to heal, the power to curse, the power to overcome, and the power to bless. I invite you to partake in today's message entitled, King Jesus. And I pray that by the time it concludes, you'll be encouraged to seek the Lord, whose powers are limitless and can sustain you in every way. If it is the purpose of God to set up the kingdom on this earth, a question naturally arises, who is to be its king? 
The first prophetic picture we have of the promises concerning Christ is found in the book of Genesis. We read in Genesis 3, 14 to 15. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. There is no reason to suppose that snakes ever did walk upright. Neither did they feed on dust. God was actually speaking to Satan, not to snakes. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat, were Hebrew figures of speech. The phrase, it shall bruise thy head, was the initial promise of becoming Savior. The promise said that one, a woman would have a son. Two, the son would destroy Satan. We have the sure promise of destruction in Christ's death and resurrection, though Satan is still active. Three, Satan would bruise the heel of the woman's son. Notice the word says, her seed, not his seed. Thus it referred to some future descendant of the woman who would be victorious over the serpent, meaning the devil or Satan, the deceiver of the world. Thus, Jesus was bruised on the cross for the sins of the whole world. The mention of that perfect sacrifice of Christ upon the cross impels me to digress from my sermon because it brings to mind an important encounter mentioned in the Bible. One could describe it as a life-saving incident. It took place one night as Jesus rested from the weary labors of the day. A very prominent man came to see him. The name of the man who happened to be a Pharisee was Nicodemus. He was a man of position, of importance, of power, and of wealth. However, this man was not satisfied with his lot. He realized that what he had was not good enough to enter into the kingdom of God. There was a great hunger in his heart. The things of the earth did not totally satisfy him. He was reaching out for something that would bring him happiness. But happiness and peace seemed to always to elude him. Then he heard about Jesus, of his wonderful mighty works, and his marvelous attitude towards sinners. Thus, under the cover of darkness, Nicodemus slipped out and came with his light to see Jesus and bared his heart to the Lord. Jesus told him, you must be born again. You have many things that the world can give you, but you will never find peace and joy until you have been born again. Read in John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yes, viewers, there are many wonderful things in this world you can see with your naked eye. But to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You may see the great koa trees of Hawaii, but you'll never see the tree of life in heaven unless you have been born again. You may see the great rivers of the world as they make their way towards the sea, but you'll never see the river of life that flows by the throne of God unless you have been born again. You may travel and see the great cities of the world in all their glory, but you'll never see the holy city of the New Jerusalem unless you have been born again. You may receive degrees from great, greatest colleges and universities, but you'll never see heaven unless you have God's B.A. degree, that is, his born-again degree. When Jesus said he must be born again, he emphasized the must. This is one of his divine imperatives. 
Read in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now to be born of water is to be baptized in water. You must go down into the water, be buried, immersed, and come up out of the water to be born of the Spirit is to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The only evidence cited in the Bible which confirms the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in the unknown tongue according to Acts 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And in what name are we to be baptized? We must be baptized in the name of Jesus, of course. Listen to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Just imagine, in this one verse, there are two wonderful promises. The remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is your passport into heaven. Peter declares in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In other words, outside the name of Jesus, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, one cannot be saved. Some claim in order to get into heaven, it isn't necessary that you be baptized. However, Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Baptism is essential to salvation. Reading Colossians 2:12, Bury with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And just imagine, the wonderful miracle of salvation was made possible by the wonderful miracle of Christ's birth through the Lord's chosen one. And as we pick up the threads in my sermon of the Savior's birth, I ask you to turn to Genesis 9.26. And read with me. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. The promised seed of the woman was to come through the line of Shem. And Christ, after the flesh, descends from Shem. A descendant of Shem was Abraham, whom God called to become the head of his own nation, Israel. And a far greater descendant was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jacob had 12 sons, one of whom was included in his promise. God chose, chose neither Reuben, the firstborn, nor Joseph, the favorite. Instead, he chose Judah, the fourth son, to fulfill the prophecy. We read in Genesis 49, 8-10, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise, thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey of my son. Thou art gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion. And as old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, meaning Christ's first advent. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. The word scepter indicates kingly power, and the word Shiloh is the name Messiah or Christ the anointed. It is from the tribe of Judah that King David and all the rightful Jewish rulers and the King of the Lord, Jesus Christ, emerge. God made an important disclosure to David through Nathan the prophet, reading 2 Samuel 7, 16. 
and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever. God confirmed this promise with an oath. During a time when Israel had lapsed into idolatry, this covenant, which was unconditional, was reaffirmed to Israel through the prophet Jeremiah many years after David's death. God promised David that his descendants would sit upon his throne. However, the promise did literally mean there would be an unknown line of successors on that throne. Rather, Jeremiah prophesied that God would raise up a king in the future to sit on the throne of David. Read in Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Let us compare this prophecy with Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. These verses present Christ as the Messiah of Israel and describe his kingdom in the millennium. Jesse is like a tree that has been blown over or cut down. From the stump of that tree comes a new shoot. That new shoot is Christ. He will rule in perfect righteousness when he comes to be king of kings and lord of lords. Note the word branch in both prophecies. And what the last few words of Isaiah prophesies denotes, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. In addition, let us recall Luke's description of the child. Jesus in Luke 2.40, And the child grew, and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. He grew in body because of the tender care that he had in godly home. He grew strong in spirit, doubtless, because of the instruction that he received at the synagogue, the place of worship. His soul was filled with wisdom because of his own personal understanding of the scriptures. As the son of God, he was about his father's business. As the son of Mary, he was obedient to her and Joseph. We find that there is no difficulty here in identifying who the prophet meant. But the king was not only to come through the line, so clearly marked out in scriptures of the Old Testament. He would also be of divine parentage. This was revealed to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us in the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was born, God became flesh into one among us. As you read in John 1:14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Isaiah's prophecy of the virgin birth of the king was literally fulfilled when Christ was born, as you read in Matthew 1, 18 to 21. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Under the law of Moses, anyone that was caught in the act of committing adultery was stoned to death. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, 
and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Note, this verse tells us that he shall save his people from their sins and not in their sins. Nothing simple can enter into heaven. Read in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Consular, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon the kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Holy Spirit reveals much about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his ministry. As a son of Mary, a child was born. As a son of God, a son was given. Therefore, he is both man and God. He bears upon his shoulder the responsibilities of government of the world. His government and peace will know no end. He will sit upon the throne of David when he comes to this earth the second time and will establish his kingdom upon it. In that day, his feet shall stand upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem, which is to split in two. The valley thus formed will be an avenue of escape for Israel, and it will stand thereafter as a testimony to the fulfillment of the word of God. It was from the Mount of Olives that the Lord Jesus ascended into heaven. Reading Acts 1, 9 through 11, And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand he gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Yes, Jesus is the captain of the clouds. He went away in his glorified body, and he returned in his glorified body. He went away as a person. He will return as a person. He was seen ascending. He will be seen descending. When he returns, angels and all true born-again Christians will be with him. However, in this second advent, there are two comings. First, he comes for his own. The meeting place will be in the air. Second, he returns to this earth to judge the nations. That is, this child was not to be the result of Joseph's marriage to Mary. It's clear from the very fact that Jesus was not born of natural regeneration, but was begotten of God through the Holy Ghost. The word Jesus is Greek counterpart of the Hebrew term Yahashua, meaning Savior. This is confirmed by the words of the angel Gabriel to Mary herself. Reading Luke 1.35, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Some profess that Isaiah in his prophecy, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, refers to a maiden or virgin of his time. But this is refuted by Matthew. The virgin birth of Jesus is still confirmed by the statement in Matthew that Joseph knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. Yes, this was the exception. The promise in Genesis 3.15 was to be fulfilled through the seed of the woman. The word seed in the scriptures is always applied to the male of man or beast. Thus, the promise could only be fulfilled through a woman 
namely Mary being with child by the Holy Ghost. Here we see the wonderful way in which God safeguarded the virgin birth of Jesus by seeing to that Mary already with child, then married Joseph, who therefore could not have been the natural father of Jesus. The Holy Ghost, God himself, was the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, today, the only living man who can claim an unbroken genealogical line directly from King David is a man, Christ Jesus. He was born king of the Jews, and he will come again as king of the Jews. One day soon, he will come back upon a white horse with his saints as king of kings and lord of lords. Read Revelations 19, 11 to 16. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon it was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I ask you viewers at this time, don't these scriptures make you want to rule and reign with Jesus when this fantastic and incredible event takes place? You can, you know, by becoming a citizen of heaven and a child of God. You do it simply by going through the required process that of being born again. After all, how can a sinful man ever go to heaven and walk the golden streets of glory? He must repent and forsake his sins and accept Jesus as his personal Savior, Master, and Lord. Nicodemus had to be a man of high morals and good character to have, had the position he held, yet Jesus told even him about the new birth. A rich young ruler declared that he had kept the commandments all of his life. But Jesus said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Yes, you may be the cleanest, most moral man in the world, but without the new birth, you are lost. We do not work in order to be saved. We work because we have been saved. All our good works, inside the church and out, can never save us. The Bible tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags, and we can't approach God in such rags. We need to be clothed in His righteousness. We must take on His name, Jesus, to be saved. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, 8-9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The divine order is salvation first, then works. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is not a matter of our works. It is a matter of God's gift, which is ours. The minute we are born again, going to a church doesn't make you a born-again Christian.
any more than going into a garage makes you an automobile. Jesus founded the church. Now the church is not an organization, but an organism fitly framed together by the word of God and formed by the Holy Spirit. It includes every true born-again believer, past, present, and future. From the time of Pentecost to the first resurrection at his second coming, it is called the body of Christ. To show how close the members are to each other and to Christ, the temple of God has its purposes. Festering the true worship of God and gathering the bride of Christ. The visible church is that organization which can be seen and consists of everyone who professes to be Christians. However, we find many in the church have not been born again according to the word of God. The local church is the visible church which consists of two born-again believers in one place gathered for breaking of bread, worship, preaching, prayer, fasting, and testifying, as you find in Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The question is, what does one do to secure the new birth? First, he hears the gospel, believes, repents of his sins, and gets baptized in the name of Jesus. Repentance is godly sorrow for sin, which causes one to turn away from sin and turn towards Jesus. I implore you, let King Jesus come to your hearts today. If you'd like to know more about God's word, and the church and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. We now call upon the church band to close today's telecast with the song Christmas Spirituals. Thank you. 
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.